Thanks for tuning in to today's Horsewoman podcast. Our show explores women in the horse industry as they share their dreams, challenges, successes. What drives these women? Well, let's find out. I am with Pebbles Turberville today in Swansea, South Carolina. Pebbles is the Interim Executive Director for the Horse Human Research Foundation. So Pebbles, tell me, how did you get involved with horses? Wow, that's a great question. Um, really, it comes from my oldest sister. Um, we lived in uh, Columbia, South Carolina for a bit, and then we moved to Batesburg, Gleesville, and we had, um, I was three at the time, and she was into horses, and I guess the horse bug started there. Um, and then I actually went and rode at a kind of a professional stable at, when I was 10, and then it was all uh, hunter seat um, so learned how to jump and then went on fox hunts and eventing and show jumping and uh, then actually it was funny because my sister used to ride western okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I've kind of a little bit of dabbled in everything right um, and then it's not like I've been always with horses but if I go away, I always gravitate back. Mm-hmm. Um, my riding instructor told me one time, it's always in your blood. So I feel like I need a transfusion if I'm gonna get it out totally. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I worked at Pools Training Center um, about 20 years ago and kind of fell in love with driving and training young horses. So that was, that was fun. But then I guess my career kind of took off more when I went to St. Andrews University and was um, the therapeutic horsemanship director there. Where now, now what made you lean towards that particular field? I think um, everything in my life kind of merged mm-hmm. uh, just because I had some family members who had, um, like my great uncle had polio who was a hemiplegic. Um, I knew some other, I worked in adaptive aquatics um, and then I had horses and so it all kind of came together Mm -hmm. um, as a merge uh, because I had taught some at college and so here we go. Like I said, it was like a yield all together here. So you've been real active also with PATH International? I have. Um, I used to be on several committees um, and then I actually was on the national board for um, several years too. And tell, tell our listeners what that is. Um, PATH International is the Professional Association of Therapeutic Horsemanship um, International because we have accredited centers across mm-hmm. the nation, but we also have some that are out of the country, Canada and Spain. I'm not sure of the other ones, but um, it is a national organization where it does accreditation for centers, so their programs, but then it also does um, credentialing and certification for instructors. That's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Now, through the PATH program, how long does it take to become an instructor? <laughs> well, Forever? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I kind of laugh just because um, we're kind of going through a process. It used to be a certification process, but now they're trying to get these process accredited so you're we're trying to go for um being credentialed okay so because of that credentialing it depends on your background Mm -hmm. um you know a lot of people have had horses 
their whole life right. um, and they've had them in their backyard and they feel like they know a lot about horses because they grew up with horses in their backyard um, but I've been driving since I've been 15 so that doesn't make me a NASCAR driver so right. you need to be really, really open and understand there's so much to learn about horses and teaching riding um, keeping horses Mm -hmm. that it may take you a little bit and to be really open about the process mm -hmm. and how you need to kind of assess your own um, abilities and know what you can do and things you might need to work on. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's kind of the process when you're going through a certification. Uh, for example, I was had one point in time considered doing a driving certification um, but I had been out of driving for so long and the equipment had changed so quickly that I realized I needed to go back to school and right. learn and learn right. about it. So um, that was part of my self-reflection about the process. And so it just depends on the person and the individual and what they have access to. Now, you know, COVID has been an issue because some centers have had, has struggled. Um, some have closed, um, mm -hmm. some have pursued on had some funding and was able to make it um, and have been open with some COVID steps and process to prevent the spreading so um, everything um, it, it depends if the person was getting cert certified okay Cushing Media is proud to present our first event for 2021 our everything equine expo a tribute to horsewomen April 16th through 18th at the Lake Waccamaw Equestrian Center, Bill Thompson Lane, Lake Waccamaw, North Carolina. Our colt starting will feature six of the finest cowgirls in the business. Even the horses for colt starting will be fillies and provided by Lost Creek Cattle Company of Tennessee. Professional demos, trail challenge, colt starting, and equestrian entertainment show on Saturday night. Tickets available online or at the gate for just $30 for the entire weekend, including all events, or $15 per day. Follow us on Facebook at Everything Equine Expo, a Cushing Media production. And going back to the, back to the certification or mm -hmm. credentialing, uh, it just depends on getting your teaching hours in at a center and working with um, people with disabilities and riding mm -hmm. um, so it may take you a year or it may take you more just depending on your own skills mm -hmm. and I think part of that process like I was saying yeah you might have a horse or had horses in your backyard but you may have only been riding that one horse mm -hmm. you need to be able to ride multiple horses different sizes different widths different temperaments different mm -hmm. breeds just to have that in your education so that especially at a if you go to a center because you're probably going to get a variety of horses and you're going to need to know how to work with them mm -hmm. on the ground as well as on their back mm -hmm. so having that um, experience and education is really imperative and I think you know as horse people there used to be that joke about you know, if you have three horse people, you can, you know that one thing they're gonna disagree on is like one person's gonna be 
wrong (laughs) or something like that absolutely (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah and I think when you're in the horse business you really need to be open Mm -hmm. and ask questions Mm -hmm. uh, ask for rationale why do you do it that way Mm -hmm. what's your purpose what is this what are you doing it that way so you can learn and take things home and ponder them and you know there's so many videos or books educate yourself ask questions find a mentor Um, and that's why I mean I was really lucky to be here at Pulse Training Center because I learned so much Mm -hmm. um, especially working with young horses um, to look looking at horses that have been trained incorrectly and having to work with those so you know really getting out there and being educated or educating yourself mm-hmm. about horses is is important it's fine. <laughs> I know that you know with with people doing this there's so many things to learn like you say because different horses have different characteristics like for example a walking horse natural gait he walks very very fast mm-hmm. and then a draft horse kind of plugs along right so you kind of need to learn a little bit about all the different breeds right. and then a lot of horses that are in these programs are donated horses right so you kind of need to know a little bit about their physical traits too and you know is this horse in pain has he done enough today I mean there's so many variables right. like you say and you really really have to learn more than just your you can ride your horse <laughs> right and you know uh it's it's sort of like you wish you could get the car facts on horses yes <laughs> so when the horses come to you you had the facts yes so you know where they've been who's trained them who's been riding them mm-hmm. uh and a great example that i had here one time we got in a new uh Andalusian mare so i was told to go out and lunge her and see how she would do and I was preparing myself and I raised the lunge whip and she reared, not in a mean way, just a mm-hmm. slight elegant way. So I put the lunge whip down and she bowed and then I raised it again and she reared and then I put it down and she bowed. Right. And um, I went in and I was like, what, what's up with this horse? And he goes, oh, she does know some tricks. And I'm like, well, you think an owner's manual would have come with her so we knew where the buttons were. <laughs> that's know, what know, she right? does, you know? Definitely. So, you know, that's an extreme example. Mm-hmm. But um, when you're working at a therapeutic horsemanship center or equine-assisted services center, you're, there's, you're getting horses that are donated primarily unless you've been really lucky to write a grant or have a funder who's giving you money to buy a specific horse. Mm-hmm. And um, with that, you can look for one, but if you have donations, you're really looking at trying to learn about that horse. And that's the thing where you need to be open and listen, not necessarily always be about you know, scolding because they might have certain ways that they were trained. Mm-hmm that are different than yours. Right. Um, So that's the biggest process about, I would say with a horse person, Mm -hmm. is to really be open and understand uh, horses. And it's sort of like, you know, I grew up riding horses, but it wasn't until really I got into the therapeutic horsemanship where I was educated that they have a three-dimensional walk, Mm -hmm. like humans. Right. And I'm like, oh. Like, and I think it was because I kind of came out of a, a, 
I don't want to say army, but it kind of was because the person who owned the farm was from the army or her father was from the army. So it was a little bit more drill team and mm -hmm. this is what you need to do. And it wasn't where you learned how to ride by feel. Right. Um, I, I, I kind of regret that because I feel that I, sh I wish I could understand or have learned that way. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that if I had, then I would probably feel more that horse moving or, or understood it a little bit better than going, oh, mm -hmm. horses have a three-dimensional walk. That's why occupational therapists or physical therapists like to use that mo movement mm -hmm. with some of their clients so um, to actually do therapy um, because of that movement. Right. Hey y'all, this is Lonnie from Mule City Specialty Feeds located in Benson, North Carolina. It's almost springtime. Is your horse blooming? Does your horse have a shiny coat and healthy hooves? How much extra time and money are you spending mixing supplements in the feed room when you could be enjoying your horse in the arena or out on the trail? Then look no further. Mule City Specialty Feeds has a line of equine feeds that delivers maximum nutrition. From your performance horse to your weekend trail horse, our line of maximum nutrition equine feeds offers five different complete balanced formulas that will take you out of the feed room and into the saddle. In addition to equine feeds, we also offer complete feeds for your barnyard pets and livestock. For more details, visit our website at mulecity.com, follow us on Facebook, or give us a call at 1-800-587-9229. And don't forget, Mule City delivers. And you know, you have to know how to read the horse's body language, but also your person you're working with, mm -hmm. because you never know, you know, if, if that person has never been on a horse, what if they get scared and start doing crazy stuff? Right. You know, I mean, I, I know that our daughter-in-law once was riding a horse and the horse got away from her and she, the horse wasn't running away from her, just got away from her in the yard and her husband's running behind her, waving his arms and screaming. And I'm like, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> the horse thinks you're chasing him. <laughs> yeah. They're flight animals. So you're just in, you yeah. know, helping that. So flight. you, you got to know how to read that stuff a little mm -hmm. bit, you know, so that you can be a step ahead. Mm -hmm. So there's so many things to learn. Well, and that in the sense, you know, one time I was watching a lesson um, and this horse kept going to the inside. And at first I thought, oh, he's being naughty. Why is he, why is he leaning to the inside? But then I looked up and realized his rider who had a physical disability who favored one side was leaning that way and basically he was being a good guy by okay. trying to get underneath the rider right so again that's something where you kind of have to step back and look at the big picture mm -hmm. to really understand what's going on and not jump to conclusion right you, you did that for 19 years with St. Andrews, mm -hmm. and now you've moved on to bigger and better things. And tell me about the executive director job. Yeah, so right now I'm currently um, working on my dissertation, and so I um, had some time where I, I thought, you know, I'd really like to work part-time, so mm -hmm. I asked to... Well, I ended up being the um, executive director for Horses and Humans Research Foundation, um, which is really exciting and fun mm -hmm. um, because basically it's kind of come full circle in the sense that I've taught a lot of instructors or certified a lot of instructors. And so now I'm going back and saying, okay, 
I'm give, giving out grants for rigorous research to prove how the horse-human interaction works mm-hmm. um, and why that is so beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all know this if you're a horse person, uh, but we need that scientific research so we can go to medical communities and say, you know, this is really working. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you should really consider backing this. Mm-hmm. Um, if we can get insurance companies to support us, mm-hmm. that there's different types of therapy. Um, if you have a, again, therapy being, if you have a licensed credential therapist right. working. Um, but some of our things that we do, um, which is therapeutic, mm-hmm. or maybe some people call it adaptive riding, um, those have benefits too. Mm-hmm. So how can we prove that this works? And so Horses and uh, Humans Research Foundation is really about find, getting funds and then turning around mm-hmm. and giving them back to people who want to um, look at research. And, and it's rigorous in the sense that we have a scientific advisory committee mm-hmm. who goes through our grants and make sure that this, that they, uh, all the grant applications have a procedure and right. that this, ev- that this person is actually set up a good research project mm-hmm. and how they've set it up, the procedures they're going to use, the methods that they're going to use. So our scientific advisory committee um, have done research themselves. Um, and they're involved in research so that they understand it mm-hmm. um, and they they sometimes have specialty areas mm-hmm. like some people might be psychologists some might be veterinarians some might be um, therapists being physical therapists or professors so um, they have a great resume themselves right. um, to be on it and help us find that great research that we want to fund. That is so exciting to me because, you know, people with pe- with children with disabilities or soldiers or, or folks that have PTSD, th- these kind of therapies are so beneficial, but they cost money. Mm-hmm. And if we can prove that they work, then the doctors will prescribe them and the insurance companies will help pay for them. And this is great because you're looking at it working on all these levels across the board, you know, all different scenarios are, are open for these research grants. Yes. And, you know, my pipe dream at the moment uh, is that if we could get more funds so that we could do more grants, because right now we do one a year, mm-hmm. but if we could get more funds where we could do three or four, or we could name them so that we're going to do a physical grant, we're going to do a, a social grant, or we're going to do a um, psychological grant, Wh- whatever we decide to do, but if we have more funds so that we could really go out and do more, fund more research mm-hmm. um, so that we could do it on all different levels mm-hmm. all the time or every year. Right. Um, that's where, we, where I want to take it. That's really, really cool. <laughs> now, how do people apply for your grant? Um, you can go to our website, Horses and Humans Research Foundation, and we have the grant application on there as well as the steps checklist. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also see what we funded in the past. Um, and how that research ended up in the sense that we post all of our um, grant recipients information um, or synopsis of it. So you can see 
see it on our website. And if people out there that are listening um, that are interested in being a donor, you know, perhaps a, a, a corporation, you know, would be interested in making you a donation because this kind of research is not cheap, folks, and they need these dollars. How would they go about contacting you for a donation? Uh, they can go to our website, and we also have two emails on there. So they can email either one, um, the executive director, or ask for information. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Our souls wander in similar places. Even though we may not know each other, we touch the same wind, we walk under the same sky, and our hearts wander in the same dreams. We are one, women just like you and me. Thank you for listening.